Hello and welcome into Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you could save. It is Thursday, November 2nd. I am joined by Field Jates as we do every Thursday. These two-man shows back and forth, Field, they're one of my favorite shows of the week because we just get to sort of hang out and talk ball for a little bit. What could be better than hanging out, talking football with each other, Daniel? Oh, sorry, oh I almost gosh. knocked the table over not here. Not knocking the table over is where it starts, how that it gets better. That would be better. a good thing. That's a good uh, one. I'm going to yeah. learn from my error and not do that again. <laughs> Apparently, I've been packing on some hey, muscle because out. I just gently placed my forearms on the this table next thing you know it's almost been knocked over but you big know what? show today dad strength i think is what i'm dad realizing strength. it's real it's yeah, real my it's friend real. i'm telling you there are things that i can do now that i could have never done two years ago yeah that's how that works did you get more dad strength with the second one like does it does it keep going up every mm. single time you have a child like philip rivers that's why he's basically unstoppable that's at this a good point, point. um that's you know that, that's a healthy debate that's a healthy i'll have to stew on that when right. i answer it by next thursday all right there yeah. let's think about that a little bit guys we got a big show planned for yeah, you we today do. we got thursday night football we have our part one of our week nine preview where we go through some of the lesser exciting games to make sure that we have enough time on Friday to get through the big stuff with Mike and Stefania that we want to. So exciting we'll to bit. some, yeah. not as much to others, to others. If you're a fan of the team, it will be exciting. If All not, right. we'll get through it. But field, with the lack of news that we have today, coming out of the trade deadline, it feels like we got all the news that we were going to get for the week. That sure. was kind of the big thing here. Agreed. So let's time just to dive, dive in. Yeah, let's just dive right let's into Thursday Night then. Football. Yeah. Because I'm excited to talk about this kid. Will Levis looked him. fantastic last week. Found DeAndre Hopkins. You know what? We said this before the show. I said this before the show. Yeah. Will Levis did the thing that I hope the Raiders do with Devontae Adams. Because what he did is he went out there and he was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find my best wide receiver mm. and I'm going to throw the ball to him a bunch. And that worked out pretty well, both for DeAndre Hopkins and Will Levis. Now here in week nine, four teams on a bye. Mm. Do you think that after one week, Will is a potential streamer here? Okay, so I've got him as quarterback 13. So he is oh, right, there, like right on the there on the radar. So I'm not starting him in a 10-team league. Probably not starting him in a 12-team league as well. But if people in your league have multiple quarterbacks on their roster, maybe they have uh, a Justin Herbert plus a Sam Howell, who we'll talk about more just a little bit later on in the show. If they have been hoarding quarterbacks, it could be a problem for you. So I think that there were elements of good fortune in Will Levis's game from last week. You're right. He did throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins enough. He actually only threw the ball to him five times, though, last week. Yeah, it was, they were very efficient they five were super times. Efficient. <laughs> so I think, and I'm not trying to take away from Will Levis's <laughs> performance entirely, but I don't think you can replicate the model they had totally this past week. So what are the reasons for optimism? First of all, there's a fearlessness about him that is pretty evident. Yes. Second of all, Mike has told us in the past about how you can attack these perimeter corners in Pittsburgh. The biggest concern that I have for Will Levis, Will Levis tonight is, is the Pittsburgh defense going to bottle up the Titans offensive line because they have arguably the best pass rush duo in the NFL. Yep. Cam Hayward, by the way, comes back tonight. Will Will Levis be under duress, under siege in a way he was not in his first start. But I mentioned the fact that he was fearless. Yes. He was not afraid of throwing the football deep. Mm -hmm. And he ran the ball seven times this past week, only for 11 yards. But Will Levis does have legit mobility. That was a part of his game. Yeah. His second to last season in college, his last season at Kentucky, he was dealing with a toe injury throughout much of, maybe it was a calf injury, maybe both, uh, throughout much of the year. So we didn't see a ton of running from Will Levis. Good enough athlete, enough confidence, and there are so few options this week that I have him as quarterback 13. Quarterback 13. This kind of goes back to the conversation we had yesterday where you're like, yeah, the top, how many quarterbacks do you I have? Eight. Top eight quarterbacks yep. you feel very confident with, and then that next tier is just like, oof. 
Ooh, buckle up. Maybe close your eyes. If you got to start them, you got to start them, but you don't feel nearly as confident about that middle tier as we do in other weeks. I would say the exact same thing. Yeah, that's, that's exactly where I'm at. We'll, uh, we'll re, uh, rehash that thought a couple of times throughout yes, the show. We'll yes, talk we about will. other quarterbacks that I think fit into the same category that Will Levis is in, uh, but the Titans may have found themselves something here. This is, I would imagine, a fairly invigorating uh, day for Titans fans, thinking about the possibility of Will Levis going back-to-back in terms of quality starts. Uh, maybe the uh, clock will strike midnight around, I don't know, 9.30 Eastern 9:30. time tonight. <laughs> but it's kind of exciting for Titans fans because Ryan Tannehill has been a really, really good quarterback for them for quite a number of years. But this team had kind of plateaued, or at least it felt like it, two it or definitely. three weeks ago when they yeah. were in London playing against the Ravens and they went into their bye two and four. That was not so fun. Not great. If I was a... Titans fan, I would be pumped, even if it's just one week, because you grab this guy in the second round and you want to be able to see something. I think a lot of this team has sort of been, like you said, kind of stagnant, sort of reached a plateau. It's like, what's going to be the next thing here? Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is not the future of this team, but at least here in week nine field, even though he only had five targets last week, he made all of them count. Yeah. Are you starting DeAndre Hopkins against this week? I am. I've got him as wide receiver 17. I mentioned it a moment ago, but Mike has really highlighted how poor some of the perimeter cornerback play has been for the Steelers. It's part of the reason why Pittsburgh was one of the teams that was pursuing cornerbacks most aggressively just prior to the NFL's trade deadline. And Hopkins has 7.6 targets per game. Do the math of what that equates to over the course of a full season. That's like 130 or so. That's a great number for a player of DeAndre Hopkins caliber, and he has at least five in every game. He's also had multiple games with at least 10 targets, so the volume has been good enough for DeAndre Hopkins. The big play upside was not there until last week, but at least it was a reminder last week that even at his advanced age of 30 years old, mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins has enough juice to turn a couple of big plays in Maybe not every single week, but every few weeks in the NFL. So I've got him as wide receiver 17, squarely in the mix to be started tonight. I've got him at wide receiver 18, so I see it very similarly to you, Field. I think the only other guys that I would start from this game are Derrick Henry. Guys, the only other guy I would start from this team is Derrick Henry. It's Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins for me. I'm the same way there. I do want to say this, though. I think a lot of people went out and picked up Tajay Spears just in case Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry got moved at the trade deadline. I still think that Tajay, I've seen enough from him, the explosiveness when Derrick Henry comes off the field, that like if you've got a spot on your bench, if anything were to happen to Derrick Henry, I'd still try to keep Tajay in spite of the fact that that trade deadline has moved on and you're not going to get what you thought from him. But I still like Tajay Spears. It'll be interesting week ahead. And I don't want to get too far ahead because I love every week of the NFL season. But next week will be a real challenge for managers everywhere. We've got four teams on a bye. Kansas City, Philadelphia, Miami, and the Rams. That's gross. So you're going to have a lot of people that are staring down the barrel of, can I afford to keep Tajay Spears? Or, or do I need to get someone else? Do I need to clear out that roster spot? Because if I don't have, if, if I don't drop Tajay Spears, I will be starting nobody in my flex right. spot. So uh, I hear you. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I would say that he has enough value that in a perfect world, I'm absolutely keeping him. But I can't wait to see the kind of difficult. Well, I guess I can wait. But yeah. I'm telling you right now, as be somebody who tried it. to manipulate my rosters a little bit this week in advance of next week. Yep. There are going to be some very precarious spots where you're trying to decide between like, oh my God, like, can I even drop this player or am I at risk of dropping this player? And, uh, you know, if if I drop him, like, am I never going to see him again? If the answer is yes, does it matter? So, um, Spears is sort of in that category of players. Yeah. Because if, if Derrick Henry's playing very limited, the way that the winds have shifted of late, 
Tajay Spears is not a suitable starting running back Correct. in a 10 or 12 team league. Correct. I am with you on that one. All right. Let's talk Kenny Pickett because surprise, surprise field. Yeah. I thought this was going to be the Mitchell Trubisky show, but no, sounds like Kenny Pickett is going to roll tonight. Yeah. How do you feel about this? If you've got shares of either Deontay Johnson or George Pickens at wide receiver, because we're not starting Kenny Pickett, yeah. right? I just want to say that up front. So this is going to be how it impacts the wide receivers. Do you think that this rib injury is going to be something that scares you away from these guys? Or are you still in on them? doesn't make a difference to me for this reason. If Kenny Pickett at some point early in the game is dealing with that same pain, re-aggravates it, has to leave the game, insert Mitchell Trubisky, and I'm not sure the, the, the offense goes backwards. It might even go might forwards, forwards a little bit. <laughs> okay. I feel good about both these players, though. George Pickens uh, last week had just one catch. It happened to go for a touchdown. But obviously, yeah. we know the big play upside with George Pickens, that kind of explains itself. He's wide receiver 22 for me. Just a couple spots behind Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson this season has 8.7 targets per game. A little bit of context. There's only played three games. Yep. One he left early. Yep. And the other one, he was another game. He was limited in his first game back after being on IR for four games. Yep. Last week, his first full game of the season. How many targets? 14. 14 targets. 14 targets in his okay. first full game. All right. Uh, and I think this is another night in which Pittsburgh's rushing offense is just not good enough. They can afford to rely exclusively on that rushing attack. So I've got Deontay Johnson inside my top 24 wide receivers. And I'm sorry, 21. Could this be the night? That he gets in the end zone? Could this be the night? Who? Could this be the night, Daniel? Field. And I'm not going out on a limb enough to say that he is going to find the end zone because that hasn't happened since 2021. But I will tell you this, Daniel, the feelings have started to bubble up enough that I have Uh in my Twitter slash X drafts a tweet ready to go that alerts the masses that Deontay Johnson has scored a touchdown. I hope to be able to use it by the end of this season. If it happens tonight, everybody will know that I've been planning on it all day. I, I love this. Please, I would love for you to get Deontay Johnson in the end zone for us field. I got so much Deontay Johnson. In everybody my... wants this. Yes, everybody wants it. He's gone a hundred or so straight catches without a touchdown. That's unfathomable. That is unfathomable. It's crazy. That's tough. That's really tough. I'm with you on starting both of these guys in part because Deontay Johnson first week back, like we said, you kind of get reacclimated back to that play paid that back to that playing speed. But last week, 14 targets. How do you say no to that against this Tennessee Titans pass defense, right? Yeah. You got to start both of these guys if you have the option. And I am with you. If you got to start a a Steelers running back, Mm. I don't feel good about it Mm. right now. You shouldn't. No, Najee Harris has not been great. Jalen Warren has been Jalen Warren has also not been great, but he hasn't felt as bad as Najee Harris because we didn't have the expectation that J- that Najee had coming into the season. It's kind of about how people feel in real life about the Steelers running backs. Yes. One guy is the undrafted free agent out of Oklahoma State a year ago who has exceeded all reasonable expect- expectations. Yep. The other one is the 24th pick in the draft two years ago who as a rookie had a legitimate credible case for being the fantasy and the real life offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. That's how things have changed in terms of the tenor for these two players. So take your pick. I've got them ranked one spot apart from each other. Look and I've that. got Najee Harris. Good was, dexterity right there by me. Right there. Uh, Najee Harris ranked one spot ahead of Jalen Warren. And frankly, Daniel, it's because I think he's the better bet to score a touchdown. Yeah. Do I have extensive proof of that this year? No. You <laughs> no. know why? They've each scored one <laughs> touchdown. But let me give you the raw numbers in terms of opportunities so far this season. Okay, give it to me. Najee Harris has 85 carries and 17 targets 
which have been turned into 13 catches. So okay. 98 combined carries and catches this year for Najee. Meanwhile, Jalen Warren has 45 carries, so the edge is 40 more for Najee. Okay. But he has 26 catches on 32 targets. So we're talking about basically a 2-to-1 edge for Jalen Warren as a pass catcher, basically a 2-to-1 edge for Najee Harris as a rusher. Sure. So... I think, generally speaking, targets are more valuable than, than than rushing attempts for a running back. The reason why I lean towards Najee is just because I think if the Steelers do have goal line opportunities, the better him. bet to get those goal line opportunities is Najee Harris. But this has been kind of a fantasy wasteland for much of this season. It's been super frustrating, and I really like Najee Harris would be a player that if we did a mid-season, what the heck do you do with these players in Dynasty episode? Yeah he might be the face, like the thumbnail that we put up on YouTube because I don't know what to make of Najee Harris, who's in his third NFL season. And right now you might be able to get for like a bag of donuts in Dynasty. Yeah, seriously. And depending on what kind of donuts they are, because I'm all in on apple cider donuts, I might rather have the donuts rather than Najee Harris, if I'm going to be honest right now. Those are great donuts. They are really good. Here's the thing. Here's a stat about the Pittsburgh Steelers running backs. Oh, God. Between the two of them. Yeah. They have a combined three games with more than 10 fantasy points. What's the upside here? That's None. The yeah, there is minimal. no upside. By the way, the Titans still an excellent run defense as well. Yes, so again, I have 24 for Najee, 25 for Jalen Warren. Big part of the reason why that those players are that high is you've got four teams on a bye. And think about some of the running backs that are not available this weekend. Maybe the second best running back, or the best in Christian, Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey, the second best in Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, uh, Jarvis Etienne, but, Jarvis I mean, Etienne. running back three this past week, Jameer Gibbs also gone, yep. right? I mean, like you've got four teams on a bye this weekend that are really, really condensing the running back rooms right now. Plus Daniel, with all these teams that have these backup quarterbacks in play, Ugh. you're a little bit worried about even if you're starting a Cardinals running back, like what's the upside for an Amari DiMarcato and a Clayton Toon led offense against the Browns? Seems low. Low. Seems very low. And you've got timeshares like in Cleveland itself, right? Like, so that's why even as uh, the negativity that has been spewed from our mouths about these two running backs in terms of their fantasy outlook yep. continues, still RB24 and RB25 for me. I think that is going to be, and we'll move ahead after this, I think that's going to be one of the things from this week. Given the fact that there are so many yeah. backup quarterbacks, how are fantasy managers emotionally going to say, you know what? I'd rather start this guy that might not be as good, but at least he's got a better offense rather than saying, I'm going to start this player, but he's got a backup quarterback that yeah. I've either never seen or I don't trust. And you're trying to figure out which side of this conversation do I want to be on? So yeah. I think it's going to be a really interesting one, given all the things you just laid out field. Are you taking the Titans in honor of our producer? David Presley, are you taking the Steelers in honor of our former colleague, DJ Gallo? Wow, that is a tough one when you frame it that way. Yeah, I'm I'm Uh, making it personal here. These are the two teams that befuddle me more than almost any other in the NFL. And here's a reason why. Like, Tennessee always finds a way to win games because Vrabel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Steelers, as we know, had this legendary streak of not finishing under 500 Mm -hmm. with Mike Tomlin as their head coach ever. He has never led them to a sub-500 record. They're 4-3 right now. They don't give me a whole lot of confidence. Nope. I'm sorry, Dave. I think the Steelers win because I'm concerned about the pass rush tonight. Wow. All right. I just found out that actually Dave's girlfriend, Jenny, is a Steelers fan. Oh, that is definitely So in that house, it's going Titans against Steelers. Because you said Steelers field, I'm going to go with the Titans. All right. For DP to make sure that we get a little bit. Maybe Will Levis. 
I'll tell you what, maybe he doesn't come back to Earth. Maybe he's going to live in the clouds for another week. I'd be fine with that. I mean, we'd be talking about him in a very different light a week from now. That's yes, for sure. But hey, you know what we could use a little more of in our fantasy lives? A few more quarterbacks that we can trust on a week in and week out basis. So we I sure would be could fine right with now. That. Yeah. All right, we're going to move ahead to our week nine preview in a second. But first, Field Jays, help us pay some bills. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? You know I would. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, yep. and RV. Even help with homeowners and renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Do you smell that, Field? What is that? I thought it might be Mike Clay for a second, but no, it is the scent of fresh turf and freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, which can only mean one thing. It's college football season, baby. Block off your Saturdays. Swipe a sweet Dr. Pepper from the mini fridge because there's a new season of high kicks, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry you all the way to the West Coast games. That's right. The fans are back, and this year things are heating up. We're talking more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is, Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. All right, Field, diving into our week nine preview part yep. one. We're going to start with a couple of quarterbacks here because Sam Howell, 397 passing yards, four touchdowns last week yep. against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now he gets the New England Patriots. Mm -hmm. Given all the quarterback talk that we just had, are you projecting that he's going to have another startable week for you here in week nine, or would you rather go a different direction? I'm going to go with quarterback 11 here for Sam House. So he's Man, right, right on there. the border like, again. He'd be, he'd be a very much a usable streaming quarterback. The optimism is that I think Sam Howell has legitimately played well this season. He has impressed me. They do have good weapons when they actually utilize them, like they did with Jahan <laughs> okay. Dotson last yes. week. Yep. The Patriots defense is solid, but not dominant because of some of their injuries yep. and the fact that their offense has left them in compromising positions many times over so far this season. Correct. But I almost want to reverse engineer this to give you the reasons why I'm a little bit like I'm not all in on Sam Howell It's like a must start or like an easy streaming option. Like I have no concerns about him whatsoever. All right. Poo -poo it for me. Uh, it's not poo pooing it necessarily. It's just asking people out there and I'll ask people and I'll ask you directly is like take a moment and imagine what you expect this game to look like from a scoring output standpoint do you think it's more likely to be a 34 31 game or 24 21 game i think it's going to be the kind of scoring game where i want to throw up in my mouth about halfway through okay so that's more 24 20 probably closer right? to that one yeah and yeah. so if you look at the games in which sam howell has played it's either been like not a shootout or a game in which he did not turn into a pumpkin because mm -hmm. he turned into a pumpkin against the bills 37 to 3 he was Four awful interceptions it yeah, was terrible. tough yeah. all right so the other games in which it wasn't like last week, where it was a back-and-forth shootout with Philadelphia. Yep. They've actually had two of those so far this season. Weeks one, week six, and week seven. That was against Arizona, uh, Atlanta, and the Giants. Okay. Sam Howe's output for those three games. Yep. 16.2, 18.3, mm. and 10.5. That 18.3-point game mm. was the one in which he had like 150 passing yards with three passing touchdowns, right? So um, it's not like every single week Sam Howell's just been like carving up defenses and the reason why his production has tapered off from a fantasy perspective is he throws a bunch of picks. No, um, 
there, there have been some games where the offense has just not gotten going, and I'm a little bit weary of that, So, which is why I have him as quarterback 11 as opposed to quarterback 9. Yep. I think I'm with you on a lot of that. The positivity that I see here, given the fact that that middle range of quarterbacks I don't love, right? I'm basically trying to find where do I put Sam Howell within that second range of QBs this sure, week. Yeah. Part of the thing that I default to is the fact that in spite of the up and down nature, he's been basically above 15 fantasy points at the quarterback position in all but two games this year. And those two games you mentioned, they were really bad. Yeah. So if we get bad Sam Howell, man, you get you just got to know that's on the table. There's a there's an actual possibility that it can be that. But we've seen Sam with the way that this offense works, be able to go out there. He's a good thrower of the football. He's able to find his wide receivers when this offense is clicking. So I understand all of that as part of why he's not also inside of my top 10. Uh, you're at a spot where like, if you need to use him this week, you potentially can. There's some reasons why you can like him. But just like you said, there's also some reasons why, you, again, we don't have him inside the top 10 and why we don't I mean, feel quite a, as confident. It's a theme of this week. Even if he's going to be that a lot, it's going to be that a lot. And yeah. in a lot of weeks, we are not saying that our streaming options are inside our top 10. But what we are saying is that, hey, even though we can't squeeze this pretty impressive streaming option into our top 10s for week seven, we could see a really big game. It's mm -hmm. just that there are other quarterbacks that are on a buy. But as we know now, with all of these injuries, right? I mean, not just the quarterbacks that are on a buy. Yep. But Kirk Cousins now being out, Kyler Murray still not being available, Deshaun Watson being uncertain. The fact that we, you know, like Justin Fields has had some bright moments this year. He's not available. Like just go through the list of quarterbacks that aren't available this week, not because of a buy. And all of a sudden, like you're going to have weeks in which quarterback 11, 12, 13 sounds good when you're thinking about your rankings. Yeah. And then you see the player there and you're like, God, really? Yeah. Like, really? Really? <laughs> That's not this week. It yeah. doesn't feel great. All right. But what about with Jahan Dotson? Because you kind of mentioned him. Mm, yeah. well, I mean, he's got 18 targets yeah. over the last two weeks. You like seeing that increase in volume. Part of my frustration is just that I need to see that production translate on the field to know that Howell feels like Dotson is a guy that he can count on. I just don't feel like that connection is fully there for me. Yet. He's a sick for me this week. I've got him as wide receiver 41 because we haven't seen her enough. 41. 41. Okay. He's had 10 or more fantasy points in two games this season, both against the Eagles. Both of them. Against the Patriots at last check are not the Eagles. That has been confirmed. Yep. I think it's kind of a win-win though if you said him. Yeah. And here's a reason why. Okay. Whatever success you've had so far this season mm -hmm. has not been because of because John of John Dotson. Dotson. That's right. very fair. So if your team's still like plowing along you're either in the playoff mix or you're comfortably you know, in the top three or four of your league. You're not going to play him because you probably have a better option. Sure. If Jahan Dotson, so if he has another bad game this weekend, which of course that's been the case in six of eight so far this season, you're like, okay, yeah, like last week really was a fluke. If he has a good game this weekend, Daniel, then you can justify and say, you know what? Maybe I finally have something like maybe Jahan Dotson will be usable for me going forward. But again, given the fact that he has had two good games this season, two out of eight. Yep. And because of the fact that this offense has been unpredictable, I have Jahan Dotson outside my top 40. If Curtis Samuel sits, maybe he bumps up two or three spots. Samuel missed yesterday's practice with a toe injury. If he misses on Sunday, maybe Dotson goes up a couple of spots. But uh, wide receiver 41 in my current ranks. Wow. I got to tell you a quick shout out to Mike Clay. He just put out yesterday his NFL rest of the season strength of schedule. So that love being able to look at that Washington, one of the tougher 
schedules going forward, which for me with a rookie second year quarterback with an offense that we haven't seen him utilize these wide receivers quite as much, kind of like you're saying, I need to start seeing it before I trust it, especially knowing it's going to get tougher Ooh. towards the second half of the season. And I, happen, I think that I think Mike also noted the Patriots wanted to have the opposite side. Yes. Mac Clay going off That's on right. Sunday. That's that is right. right. Very accurate. We'll talk about We will talk more about that one. On we'll get some more Mac Clay. Now. I yeah, believe we'll that. Yep. Uh, Geno Smith field. Yeah. I got to tell you what. I'm not starting Geno this week and it's one reason and one reason only. Well, there's more than one oh, reason. There, but there's yeah, there's one very serious reason for me. Baltimore Ravens? Baltimore Ravens defense gives yeah. up the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. It has been ridiculous how much they have just squashed quarterbacks. One guy mm. has scored 20 fantasy points to get him so far this year. Do you know who it is? Who oh, got it? Probably somebody really rare. Was it Josh Dobbs last week? It was Josh Dobbs last week. Good course, for you, right? Fields. Yes. Right? But that was a game. That game, part of the reason why that happened was that the Cardinals had a late touchdown pass, yes. yep. late two point conversion, yep. onside kick attempt that led to a last minute drive. Like, you know, a lot of All things the worked things in their lined, favor. Yes. Um, okay, so without Josh Dobbs, it, yeah. no one else has done How about it. about this, though? They've allowed 96 total fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. That's disgusting. Only team under 100 for some perspective. More field of the Mac Clay fire mm. over 200 fantasy points allowed by the commander so far this season to opposing quarterbacks. Yep. You are correct. So they have allowed as I get 96 in eight games. How about this? The Ravens have more interceptions than total touchdowns allowed to quarterbacks this year, combining passing and rushing. Wait a second. Say that one more time. They, they have, have more intercepted more passes than they have they allowed, allowed touchdown touchdowns? passes or rushing touchdowns. No way combined. Crazy. Moreover, Geno Smith, 12.0 fantasy points per game over his past four. This is not the Geno from last year. He's playing better real life football than he is fantasy football. Yes. But Geno Smith, I have missed quarterback uh, 19 this week. Another reason why those guys that we're talking about as streamers without a whole lot of confidence are higher in our ranks because you take away the injured quarterbacks. You take away guys like Geno Smith who are in terrible spots matchup wise. And all of a sudden you're like, I guess I will start saying that. <laughs> you know, the way that you walk yourself into that is like, I don't feel good about it, but I guess I will start saying yeah, that. Well, I mean, why not? Right? Why, yeah, why I guess. Yeah. I'd rather play him than Geno Smith, unfortunately. Yeah. This defense is just awful. I've got him outside my top 20 at quarterback, so yeah. we see it very similarly. Just not, not that interested this week. However, other side of this game, yeah. Gus Edwards, Field Yates, back-to-back career days with 20 or more fantasy points. The dude is just doing everything he can to make us look silly based on where we're ranking him. Does this crazy efficiency that we have all of a sudden seen from Gus Edwards continue this week? All right. I've got him as running back 18. So there's a part of me that I saw. So I am saying You're at least hedging for a yes. I am. I am playing Gus Edwards this weekend. Okay. Even with Seattle's very good run defense. Here's the reason defense. why. Other than week one, and that was the game in which J.K. Dobbins played and got hurt. Yep. Gus Edwards has had 10 or more uh, carries in every single game. The problem is this season, he's got two really, really good finishes. And then he's got uh, three, three good finishes. Two mean one awesome finish last week, obviously. RB3. Yeah. Um, He has five finishes of RB35 or worse this season. Five of his nine games, or eight, has he had a eight? Because he had eight, a bye week, so yeah. five is eight games. No, out only time. eight games. They they played eight games. No bye week game. No bye week Yeah, okay. they have a late bye. That's week thirteen or fourteen. Uh, so Outside yeah, the top thirty five, thirty five or worse. So that's the problem. Is that like you know you're you're talking about the downside of of players like Gus Edwards, who um, if you're looking for like a sliver of hope, like he has seen a little more passing game utilization this season compared to prior years. But do not mistake Gus Edwards for Jameer Gibbs or Christian McCaffrey in that no. regard. So I have him as running back eighteen. I'm playing. <laughs> 
him. <laughs> but I know that like part of the business that you are in when you have Gus Edwards on your roster is you could get 21.4 fantasy points or you could get 6.14 fantasy points. Yep. That's one of those. I'm looking at his box score right now and it's like, you know, 15 for 48. 6.9 fantasy points, 12 for 48, 4.8 fantasy points, 16 carries for 41 yards, 6.3 fantasy points. Like, again, just like we said earlier in the show, you have to, if you're going to start Gus Edwards this week, there's at least the knowledge that game could happen for you again. You cannot bank on another 20 point outing from Can't Gus Edwards because it. it has not been what has been normal for him. Still, though, but, with how but, bad but, this but, but, week but, is. Yes, right. I was going to say, because yes. remember, just a little while ago, we were talking about Najee Harris and Jalen exactly, Warren exactly. as running backs 24 and 25. Sometimes it feels weird because it's like we're saying negative things about a player because I inherently don't want to play that guy. Right. But then you look at the rest of the room and you're like, but okay, I guess I am going to play Gus Edwards this week, just like the Sam Howell conversation. That's kind of where we're at this week. Sort of where it's at. And again, it's going to get worse when there are either six teams on a bye or next week when you have almost like a third of like the top 20 players in all of fantasy unavailable. That's I don't want that wild. I don't want to play in a season in a week like that field this week. Is there a chance? We don't know for sure yet on Matthew Stafford. Uh, Sean McVay has called him day to day. We're waiting to see if he can. A lot of this is not the same injury as Justin Fields, but the same kind of thing where it's about him. Pain management, being able to hold the football, making sure that he's able to get back out there in the field. There's at least a chance that we will see Brett Rippon under center again. He got a little bit of run last week. If you see him as the starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams, is that going to impact your outlook of either Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua, or do you think they can both get enough volume to still be startable wide receivers? Okay, both, right? Like, it's going to drop the projection for both of them. So it's not mutually exclusive. But not the point that I'm going to drop them out of my lineup entirely. Fair. I currently have them ranked as if Matthew Stafford will play. Cooper Cup's a wide receiver 7. Puka Nakua is a wide receiver 10. If if Stafford didn't play, that moves him down, what do you say, like into like 15 and 19, 15 and 20, somewhere in that range because the volume is off the charts correct in the four games the cooper cup's been back he's got 38 targets oh, that's nearly 10 good. a game that's pretty good puka nakua in those same four games 37 targets <sighs> off the charts you know mike has made this point a dozen times but when they throw the football it goes to one of two guys yep puka or cooper cup uh, brett ribbon was not inspiring last weekend but five of his 10 attempts went to cooper cup moreover even if the rams right now don't know whether brett ribbon is going to play whether Matthew Stafford's going to play, mm-hmm. they're preparing Brett Rippon as if he will play, right? He's getting Correct. practice reps and he's getting, you know, some camaraderie built with these players. Question for you though. So that's my, my take on the two wide receivers starting both of them. Even if he's out, if he's even if out, yep, out we're still going to start both the, you know, the, of course the outlook drops like precipitously enough where you might actually have drafted brilliantly and have a replacement for one of those two guys. More likely than not though, you're still playing them both. Correct. Who is the Rams' newest practice squad quarterback? I believe that the new Rams practice squad quarterback Mm -hmm. field Mm -hmm. is... Nope, I don't know. I was trying to think about it. Dresser Wynn. That's not a name. You made that up. I made it up, but it's still actually a real person. I don't know. Dresser Wynn? Dresser Wynn. Former University of Tennessee Martin Skyhawk quarterback. Currently right. playing for the Edmonton Elks of the CFL. If it's cold here in Connecticut now, imagine I must how it is right there in Edmonton there. right now. Uh, he spent time with the Rams during a training camp this past year. He is their new third string quarterback. Look at that. I just looked him up on the internet. He's a real person. He is right? a real person. I thought you were trolling me. Win. Wow. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. If Dresser wins starts tonight, how is that going to impact Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua? 
no comment. All right, we'll move on to the next conversation here. Wait, really quickly, Daryl Henderson. Like, yeah. if you're choosing no, between we, these yeah, two yeah. running backs, I think Daryl Henderson is the guy I'm still going to default to over Royce Freeman. I just like him more in this backfield. Yep. The understanding of the offense that he has and the pass catching ability that he has. I realized Royce Freeman got in the end zone. I think Royce Freeman got in he the end zone not. last nope. week. He didn't? Nope. Did he just have more fantasy points? What am I thinking of? I thought there was Maybe something that Royce okay. Freeman I'm sorry. Did. Well, you know what? Here's the important part, Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman has the same number of targets this season as you and I do. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Royce That's, Freeman has zero targets. I'm sorry. Zero targets over the past two weeks. But yes, you were correct. He did find the end zone last week. Call by you, my bad. Yeah. Um, but I would yes. still go with Daryl Henderson, even though Royce Freeman got in the end zone last week. Yes, he has zero targets this season. Yeah. Zero. Henderson doesn't have a massive edge, but he has enough of an enough. edge. It's pretty clear that if they're going to throw the running back, the running backs a football, it's going to be Daryl Henderson and not Royce Freeman. So I have Henderson as running back 20 this week ahead of Royce Freeman as he has more carries and more targets as Freeman has none uh, over the past two weeks. Yeah, taking on the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay has been able to be beat on the ground. They're, I, I tell you what, I'm interested to see. It's a weird team right interested now. Interested to see. Hey, weird how about team. another another offense mm-hmm. that might have a backup quarterback under center? Let's this talk one about will. the. Yeah. Yes, def, this one definitely will. Yep. Arizona Cardinals will be starting Clayton Tune this week field. Yep. We have not seen him. I'm interested. This is Houston days. Right. I am interested when you are. A guy that rosters either Hollywood Brown yeah. or right now it would be Trey McBride. We'll talk about him more too. But like, yep. how confident are you feeling when you have to start a guy with a quarterback who has never played a professional NFL game? Would you prefer me to start with McBride or Hollywood Brown? In Probably this start case? with, let's start with Trey McBride. Okay. Cause he's a little more straightforward to I me. I think so too. Cause the just tight end by position. volume, like he's in my top 10. I've got him as tight end nine. He had 14 targets last week. Yep. 14. And if we have seen one thing from the Cardinals is that they love to throw the football to the tight ends this year. Moreover, and this is probably more anecdotal than statistically driven, but doesn't it feel like if you're a quarterback who's a young player making your first ever career start, what's a rookie quarterback's best friend, the old line, a tight end, right? So uh, I McBride confidently inside my top 10 Hollywood Brown. I have his wide receiver 27 right now. And over the past seven games, I'll toss away week one. Okay. Over the past seven games, Hollywood Brown has 63 targets. That's nine a game. That's a huge nine number. targets per game for a good player, right? Yeah. Uh, the obviously the touchdown upside is why he is limited relative to other players who might see comparable volume uh, target volume. But the 70, 63 targets, nine a game is good enough that even if that number is shaved by one or two mm-hmm. with Clayton Tune, that's fine. Why does he, why does he have 27 is a startable player for me? Okay. So you're actually in on starting both of these guys this week in week nine, if you need to, even with Clayton tune under center, even against Cleveland, unless, yeah. unless like, you know, it's, it's, if Cleveland is like a, you know, a, a blizzard or a torrential downpour situation on Sunday, which I have not checked the weather, um, then I would recalibrate my expectations a little bit, but yes, I would have a pretty good confidence in starting Hollywood Brown this week. Wide receiver 27. I like him. I think this is one of those situations where I appreciate your confidence. Yep. I think that there are going to be people that say, wait a minute, I'm going to start a, a, rook, a wide receiver mm-hmm. for a guy that's a rookie quarterback against one of the best defenses in the NFL and not feel like maybe there could be someone that I have behind him. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm saying that like this is that emotional hedge that fantasy managers are like, yeah, boy, which one do I want to do this week? Which one do I feel like if it doesn't go right, I'm going to be OK with like the decision that I made because there is something for me against this Cleveland Browns defense. Yeah, in spite of the fact that I love Hollywood Brown, I'm totally with you actually on Trey McBride because the tight end position is so thin as it is. If you're getting volume there, you got to start him. Uh, 
I have Hollywood Brown just outside my top 30 at wide receiver 31. I really don't see it that differently from you, but I think there's going to be questions that have to be answered from people where it's like, how much am I going to trust these uncertain quarterback situations? So I look at the rankings right now um, and here as well. You have him as wide receiver 31. So we're not that far off. Not far off. Okay. Nope. We're similar. I hear you. Like but I, sometimes I, my rankings, like I'll still start a guy every once in a while that's lower than another guy in my rankings because I... I don't know what to say because I, I I am emotional field because fantasy is an emotional game. And sometimes it's like, you know what? I don't know if I can do this. I would I, agree. It's tough. Clayton Toon's headshot has populated on our uh, graphic right now. Ooh. What does Clayton Toon look like he does for a living? Uh, he's one of those guys down on the tarmac that waves those. Oh, really? I was thinking cones. that Clayton Toon has definitely offered to manage my money at some point. He also kind of looks like Mr. Beast a little bit. Wow. Like it was Mr. Mr. Beast, Beast at a brother? game recently? He, he was, was at Tampa. Uh, Tampa. That's right. Yes. yes, he was. He met Jeff Darlington. Yes, he did. Yeah, that's a guy. That yeah. guy is running the internet right now. He is. All right. Let's dive into uh, a few more conversations here before we close this thing. All righty. Let's do it. Yeah. Do you think the Texans are a three-headed running back by committee with both Andrew Beck <laughs> and Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce? Uh, I think the third that you're referencing, well, the fourth then, will be Mike Boone. Oh, okay. Um, I was thinking of Andrew Beck because he got in the end zone did, rather than scored. Damian Pierce last yeah. week. All right. So, yes, the answer is yes. It's a running back by committee right now. You want to stay away from and this. It, well, with one exception, possibly. Oh, okay. Damian Pierce mispracticed yesterday. If Damian Pierce is out, I'd feel better about Devin Singletary. Sure. Don't know how serious the injury is. We'll find out more today and then, of course, tomorrow. But I've got Damian Pierce, assuming he plays as RB34 right now. Over his past three games, he's averaging 5.7 fantasy points Stop. per game. Stop. The efficiency is terrible. The passing game utilization is minimal. Mm-hmm. This is a throwing football team. Mm-hmm. Devin Singletary has been better. That's why I have him ranked higher than Damian Pierce, even if the volume edge is slightly in Damian Pierce's favor. But this is, if we were sitting there, if we opened the show talking about how Jalen Warren and Najee Harris are running backs 24 and 25, mm. and in a perfect world, we would start neither of them. Yeah. How do you think I feel about running back 30 and running back 34? Probably even worse about it, Field. You do. You do. In part because they're also taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are sort of pretty good against running backs. They are. And the thing with Damian Pierce is this is season long. I mentioned the past three weeks, 5.7 fantasy points per game. Yep. As Mike has mentioned, zero top 12 finishes this year. And in the six games that Damian Pierce has played, two-thirds of them, four out of six, have been outside the top 40. Wow. So we're talking about when he misses, he misses to the point that he is unusable. Man, field. I am looking right now at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, defense against running backs. I'm gonna I'm gonna name four guys here. Okay, Alvin Kamara scored 21.4 awesome. points against yep. him. He's really good. DeAndre Swift scored 14.8. Yeah, he's good. Tyler Algier scored 14.2. He's all right, hey. but 14.2. And yeah. then Alexander Madison scored 13.4. Yeah. Those are the only four running backs so far this year to score more than 10 fantasy points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm, yeah. This is one of those situations where with an offense that already is struggling to run the football, yep. it gives you a lot of hesitation, which is why if Damian Pierce is out, maybe you feel better about Devin Singletary because if it's a committee, forget it. Yeah. I'm totally if, out if it's a committee. If Pierce is out, I will have Singletary as a top 25 play. And you're not going to feel good about it. But given the situation, I feel okay. I feel okay. okay. All right. He's actually impressed me so far this year. I just have zero intel right now as to whether this Damian Pierce thing is real. If it's 
load management. If it's a no big deal thing, we'll find out more today and hopefully more uh, certainly by Sunday morning. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Check out fantasy football now. 10.30 a.m. on or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. Yeah, this is a good reminder. This is There's a lot going on on Sunday. I believe, and you can correct me, fill in the blanks here. Yep. 10 to 10.30 on Sunday morning. Correct. ESPN 2. Correct. We take a break for an hour and a half. Surprising. We don't usually do that field. That's never happened since I've been doing the show, and I've been on the show for, I think, seven or eight years now. Yep. 90-minute break. We come back at noon on ESPN 2. I believe we are on ESPN two. I was wrong. Also, we are on ESPN news from 10 to 1030 okay, and then we back totally at noon. Screwed this up. Okay, let me do this one more time. You know what? If you're listening right now, yeah, just pretend like we said nothing. Last for the 15 past seconds. seconds. Dinner, yeah, 10 to 1030 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday morning. We are on ESPN news. Correct. From 1030 to 1155. Very specifically, we are off from 1130. I'm sorry. From 1155 to one. We are back on ESPN News. So there you go. Uh, we know this is very different than what people are accustomed to. People have viewing habits. They are used to things like watching us on ESPN 2. There are things that are both above our pay rate and out of our control. Uh, this is one of those. Um, if there was ever a week where you can go take an hour and a half off and go watch some football, this would be it. This would be it. Or go watch you know, Sunday NFL countdown or anything else on the ESPN airwaves. We're going to do our best to jam pack as much information in one hour and 35 minutes of showtime. And in between there, I think there's a Germany game for us to watch. Is there not? No, there is not this week. Uh, yes, there is. Is there? Yeah. Oh yeah, there is Chiefs dolphins. That's right. This is just the game of the week. Chiefs dolphins. Yeah, Sorry. I was thinking of next week. You're right. That's my bad. So that'll be something. That'll be different, but make sure you come back, check in on Fantasy Football Now, because we will let you know as far as Devin Singletary, Damian Pierce, the rest of this Texans backfield, as well as a bunch of other injuries that we have. All right, let's talk about the Saints, because I'm looking at a situation here where I feel like the wide receiver that I should be starting is Chris Olave. It is. It's going to remain that way. Uh, Well, let me don't. don't. Talk me into it, Field. Talk me into it. I mean... (laughs) I realize just pretend like I'm the dummy on the internet. That's like, I want to say, I'm trying to think of it like this. Like if there was a, we call it a, a single die, not a dice, right? It's die. Price, dice is two. Die, die yep. is one. Yep. That's been confirmed. Shows yes. you how much I know about this stuff. <laughs> if there was a die that had uh die of six sides, right? It's yes. a square. Okay, six, so sides. six sides. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of dies. I yes, use, the, I use the up to, yeah, the, the sixth one is the one that you play with monopoly, which is probably, okay. You got it. Yeah. Right. Monopoly die. Yeah. If four of the six sides were actually the number two, and then the other two sides were the number five and number six, and you wanted to predict the most likely outcome, you would roll on, you would expect number two happen the most, right? Correct. Okay. Every once in a while, it's going to land on five or six though, right? Correct. That's the New Orleans Saints with Chris Olave, as opposed to the New Orleans Saints with Rashid Shahid and Taysom Hill. Chris Olave this season has 77 targets. Yep. It's more than twice as many as Rashid Shahid. Yep. That's more. It's almost four times as many as Taysom Hill. Now yep. I know that Taysom Hill runs <laughs> a football <laughs> a little bit, but yeah. uh, stick with Chris Olave, man, like almost 10 targets per game. You can, that's a massive, massive number. And for as bad as it's been this year, still pacing for overall, like about 1100 yards. We just need more touchdowns for Chris Olave. Yes, we do. We just need them. And once we get those, everybody will be feeling a whole lot better about a guy who is unbelievable. He's so talented. They just got, and maybe they turned the corner a little bit last week with the good offensive performance to kind of get back on track. Maybe that's what you're looking for. But yes, trust the volume with Chris Olave. And if you're playing Rashid Shahid or Taysom Hill, 
just know that you are rolling the dice in a significant, significant way. Rashid Shahid, this season, last week you saw that 24.3 point effort. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Four of his top of his seven finishes this year have been outside the top 50. So he's now like the, the other three are into the top 10 receivers. I'm sorry. The other three are, the top 12 are the other three. Okay. So like it's total boom or bust. There's the no definition middle. of boom bust. No yeah. players are more boom bust than fantasy this season, but we're talking about downside. That is downside right there. Like you are playing Rashid Shahid. If you are a heavy fate, heavy underdog. Yes. And you're crushed by bye weeks this week. And you're like, I need somebody that can overcome a 25 point Mike Clay uh, deficit in the projections. Definitely. That's Rashid Shahid. He's not a floor play for you. <laughs> now, meanwhile, Taysom Hill, actually more playable because he plays tight end. Yep. He's been a top six tight end in three straight weeks. If you need eight fantasy points, Taysom Hill is the guy you want, not Rashid Shahid, because there's a chance Rashid Shahid doesn't get there. But if you need 25 fantasy points, I feel like Rashid Shahid is my guy. I still don't, but I'm, I, I, yes, I agree there. I'm still not totally certain though what I can expect out of Taysom Hill because Jawan Johnson returned last week. That's and after true. back-to-back games with 13 t- uh, total targets prior to the Jawan Johnson return, Taysom Hill had one target last week. Yikes. Now he had nine was carries. He the ball? Yeah, okay. He had, so yeah, so but Taysom he's got to get in the end zone in order to really pay that off. If he's going to be just a runner, he must be a touchdown maker as well. Yeah. I would imagine with Jawan Johnson now still in the mix, that that will be the formula for Taysom Hill going forward. He will run the ball more than he th- uh, catches the ball. Maybe occasionally throw the ball as well. But yes, um, I've got Rashid Shahid outside my top 40 for wide receivers, and I've got Taysom Hill actually fairly startable this week cool. just because tight end. Pretty much. I got to tell you, anytime I got to consider starting Taysom Hill, I don't feel good about it. It's just like, of course, you know what? He's done so well the last couple of weeks. Of course, this is the week that he's going to come back and not do anything. I feel like that's what happens whenever I put Taysom Hill in my tight end spot. He's going to be your Gabe Davis of tight ends. That's exactly what it is. There I want to read this yeah. fun tweet. Okay. And by fun, I mean maybe not quite as fun. Okay. Uh, Scott Barrett put okay. out yep. earlier this week. Since week 12 of last season, okay. Chris Olave has 112 targets and 799 receiving yards. Rashid Shahid has 64 targets and 856 that's receiving crazy. yards. I know. It's nuts. It's unreal that... Chris Olave almost has twice as many targets and still Rashid Shahid has like what's going on here. It's wild. How lucky is Chris? Do we need to do some energy? Do we need to give some energy towards the the Saints? The the Raiders? I think so. Part of me feels like this is a situation and hear me out when I say this. So don't hear it the wrong way. But like I think Chris Olave should be really thankful that Garrett Wilson has struggled because Aaron Rodgers got hurt because mm. if, because we came into the season talking about like, I know we all loved Garrett Wilson, but like Chris Olave also was fantastic. Right like him, year. Yeah. we were talking right there. And I think Chris Olave's season has not looked as bad as it has in part because the guy that we would always compare him to was a guy who's also unfortunately having a very difficult season in spite of the volume that he also is getting. These guys are like each other. I would say this though. If you live in new Orleans, if you're a saints fan, there's been a lot of wrath spewed at that offense. Mm. So maybe it feels changes, a little, a little bit, bit of, Oh, I mean, they would, they would have uh, changed their offensive coordinator, you know, 10 years ago if they if could, they uh, but uh, that is not going to happen. Yeah. Um, by the way, a little bit of news before we uh, wrap things up here. Yeah, this is, and we'll talk about this obviously much more tomorrow. The Sean Watson says, quote, not sure if he'll be able to play on Sunday against Arizona. I had been led to believe a couple of days ago, that Deshaun Watson was more likely than not to return this weekend. Hmm. That was a Monday estimation, though. Okay. So I wouldn't be surprised if that has changed 
12 times since then. You know why, Daniel? Why? Because I've been alive for the past month <laughs> and I've watched this. So we'll see with Deshaun Watson. We'll vet that one out a whole lot more tomorrow uh, on our Friday show. Those checks keep cashing even if he's not playing games, right? Uh, they are still fully guaranteed. Yes. Still fully sure guaranteed. Yeah. All right. He could cool. be cut right now and he would still get the rest of that money guaranteed. That's a tough one. Mm. All right, that's going to do it for us today, Field. We're going to save the rest of it tomorrow. We want to make sure Mike and Stefania can be here to weigh in on everything. One of the things, though, that we want to tell you guys, go check out the score report this week. Yep. Had a ton of fun doing some things. We did a really fun skit kind of based on the uh, Blair Witch Project. I realize Halloween has passed us, but it was very fun. So go check that out uh, and call the score report hotline. You can see it at the bottom of your screen. If you are listening to the show right now, it is 475-295-1648. I love being able to take your questions. And every Friday yeah. after the show, I go onto the Fantasy Focus TikTok. I answer a bunch of you guys' questions for 20 to 30 minutes. So check us out on TikTok. Also, yeah. Stefania Bell, answering the bell has come out right now on the ESPN and NFL YouTube page. Go Let's check go. out the big show that she just did on Anthony Richardson's injury. Go check that out right now again on the e NFL on ESPN YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash ESPN NFL field. That's going to do it for us. I just want to get that number somewhere oh, because that, that that's actually Daniel's personal cell phone Stop number. it. Yeah, you can just text me right yeah. there to that. If please you have don't thoughts on the Lions <laughs> offense during the bye week, please text them to Daniel's way. That was fun. And some uh, dating questions. Really? Yeah, I love Give getting the dating questions. You're like Rosillo life advice. That's sort of back like at that. ESPN. Yeah. All right, there you have it. A little bit of that. All, All right, right, we'll we talk love to you tomorrow. guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Have fun doing your Thursday night football. We'll see you on Friday. Fan through and through with the hippest beard, I'm telling you.